Thank you, choir. Beautiful anthem. What a beautiful day. Today's scripture passage comes from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 34, verses 36 through 48. Hear now the word of the Lord. While they were talking about how Jesus had appeared to the two of them on the road to Emmaus, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Then they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. But he said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were still disbelieving and still wondering. He said to him, said to them, have you anything here to eat? He gave them a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on that third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. This is the word of the Lord. Star and I have been taking a online course together uh, through Princeton Seminary and the title is Preaching About Racism. Uh, we've been taking it together for the last couple of months and though I am up here preaching, I want you to know that today's sermon is a collaborative effort uh, with multiple discussions that she and I have had about this text, about this talk, topic and what we have drawn from this course. So here we have the disciples hidden away in this room before we get to the next part where Jesus appears to them let's think about what these disciples have just said and done and been a part of for the last several days some of them were asked to keep watch while Jesus was praying in the garden they fell asleep three different times then comes along another disciple who betrays Jesus with a kiss and brings along Roman soldiers to have him um, to have him arrested. Then Peter gets into the situation, cuts off a soldier's ear. Jesus scolds Peter, heals the soldier, and then Jesus is taken away. Now Peter is hidden in that courtyard. He denies knowing Jesus three different times. By this point in time, virtually all the dis disciples flee. They take off. They don't want the same fate to happen as to what's going on with Jesus. So time passes. They hear the news that this, their teacher, their master, that they have been following for three years has been crucified to death. 
more time passes they hear from the women that have come from the tomb that Jesus is risen from the dead now listen to what they how they respond in verses just coming prior to these in the same chapter but the women's story sounded like nonsense to the men and so they didn't believe it now we have these other men coming from the road to Emmaus sharing a similar story and they're starting to wonder oh maybe it's true do you think within that room there is feelings of guilt shame embarrassment regret I would say resounding yes to all those feelings and when Star and I were talking about this, she posed the question that many, many of us are wondering. How could the disciples act this way? How could they behave like this? But haven't we, in certain ways, behaved in a similar fashion when it comes to racism and police brutality and mass incarceration within this very country? For centuries, people of color have been expressing how they are being discriminated against, mistreated by the police in their neighborhoods, sometimes brutally beaten and killed over and over again. Like the disciples who responded to the women at the tomb, we didn't believe them. Then comes the invention of smartphones and body cameras. Now we watch these terrible images over and over again we still choose to ignore it too often too often we stick our heads in the sand too often we are just like the disciples in that we ignore the plight of others sometimes we discredit their testimony and sometimes we seek our own preservation self-preservation and self-interest to be at that height and so the lives of Eric Garner and Michael Brown and Tamir Rice and Freddie Gray and Sandra Bland and Philando Castile and Elijah McClain and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and now this week Dante Wright continue to get cut down. Those are just some of the many names of unarmed black and brown men, women and children have recently been killed. I asked Star this week how she felt when she heard Dante Wright, someone who was the same age as her son Joel, was pulled over this week because he had an air freshener hanging from his mom's rearview mirror, how she felt about him being killed. The first thing she said is, it makes me feel sad because he's one of us. Every time I hear these stories, I think they're one of us. I think a question that we should ask is when we heard those names, did we consider them one of them or do we consider them one of us? As Christians, we are taught that we are all created in God's image. We are God's beloved children. The second thing that she added was just the level of anxiety and nervousness for the safety of her own two children. 
And as a parent, I can't begin to imagine how hard that must feel. I admit that I have mixed feelings about where Slackwood currently stands regarding this issue and regarding the future of our Truth and Reconciliation group that has been formed just within this past year. Some of my feelings are senses of pride, pride that Kate would come to me and say, we need to do something. Can we at least read a book together? And so we did. And we gathered and we read and we listened and we learned and we were challenged and we were able to share our own thoughts and opinions and listen to others. Now how grateful I am that I've been able to be a part of that group. That no matter how hard I am trying to address my own biases and shortcomings by just listening to the voices of people of color that are within our own congregation, I have been reminded of how much I still have to learn about how many blind spots I still have, about how much still needs to be done. How thankful I am that it didn't just start and end with a book club, that it morphed into this truth and reconciliation group. But I'm gonna to admit to you that I am concerned that even though we continue to announce when it's taking place once a month, one hour, second Thursday at seven o'clock, continue to announce that you didn't have to read the book in order to be a part of this group. Continue to invite each and every one of you to be a part of this group. That nearly every meeting we get fewer and fewer people. This last meeting we had six courageous committed women still working for change. Now I bring this concern to you so that I can be honest with you about it. So you know that it's reality. To know that my time with you is running to an end. And that you're aware of it. But I don't bring it to you to make you feel guilty. And neither did Jesus when he entered into that room. He knew how those disciples were feeling and thinking. He knew what they had said and not said, what they had done and not done. And yet he didn't run it, rub it in their faces. The first things he says to the disciples is, peace be with you. Then he seeks to reassure them in a number of different ways, whether showing them his own wounds or asking for a bite to eat, that he's not a ghost, that he's a real person, that he has risen from the dead. And then he continues to be a teacher. He refers back to the scriptures of all the different things that they had been through. And he says these words. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and would rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem, which is right where they are. So Jesus is saying, starting with you, you are witnesses to these things and behold, I will be sending you out. I love how Jesus always gives us something to do. He always gives us something to do. That's great. That is good news. And so what 
did Jesus give the disciples to do? First, start with themselves. The words repent. When we think of repentance, it is acknowledging what we've done or what we haven't done. Where we have been silent, where we have been complicit. Acknowledge the truth as hard and as uncomfortable and as inconvenient and as messy as it is. That's why we call it the Truth and Reconciliation Group, because we have learned you have to have both. And as Brian Stevenson says in his book, they need to be sequential. You start with the truth, and then you work towards reconciliation. When we repent, we acknowledge the mistakes that we have made. And then we turn in a new and different direction. And that leads us to the next thing that Jesus calls the disciples to preach and proclaim the forgiveness of sins. When we seek forgiveness, we seek to be committed to change, to not repeat our behavior again. So Jesus gave the disciples and he gives us as modern day disciples three things to do. Acknowledge the truth. Turn in a new direction and commit to a new way of living. You know, a couple weeks ago on Easter, I admitted how hard sermons like these are to give, how challenging it is. And Star and I were talking about one of the gifts from this class is a chapter titled Preaching to Ourselves Beginning with Gratitude. And in that online class, there were students who did not understand what gratitude had to do with the ugliness of racism and police brutality. And in this chapter, and from what I understand, it's the author saying, we're not forced to talk about and address these issues. We don't do it because we feel guilty. No, we get to do it. And so it's a changed mindset. In her mindset of gratitude, she's saying God has placed us in this unique time and place so that we can be a part of what God is already doing. God is inviting us to make this world and our neighborhood a better place to live. Not only a better place for people that are oppressed, better place for all the good cops that are out there that every single day are doing exactly what they have been called to do of protecting and serving. God is providing us a unique opportunity that each and every one of us have to bring forth positive changes and reforms. You just imagine if the next time the Truth and Reconciliation Group meets that we don't have six people, we have 60 people. The opportunities for change just within our group would be endless. We'd have to do breakout rooms and Zoom and one group would connect with Every Child Valued. Another group would connect with Generations for Change. Another group would be connecting with the clergy of Lawrence Township. The other group would be connecting with all the things that Westminster Presbyterian Church in Trenton continues to do. Another group would be connected to our very own chief of police in this township, who with my conversations that I've had with him is committed to these types of reforms and has been great to work with. 
Still others would be connected to Presbyterian Church of Lawrenceville's similar group that they have. They call their group, Love Thy Neighbor. Can you imagine the positive impact that Slackwood could have if the majority of our members, instead of the minority, embrace this as an opportunity to work for positive change and reform? Working together so that people of color are treated with the same respect and dignity that so many white people like myself have been treated with? Where when cops abuse their power, they are held accountable? Over time, pastors who are preaching these sermons over and over, we wouldn't anymore, not because we are tired of it, we choose not to, but because there'd be nothing left to talk about. We turn on the TV and there wouldn't be protests and clashes because there'd be nothing left to protest. Because people of color would be finally being treated with the same respect and dignity that they are calling for, that they are demanding, and that they deserve. That all of us deserve. Jesus came face to face with the disciples. They were crushed with regret and remorse. And then the truth was revealed to them. And they were changed forever. Then they were given a job to do by the risen and reigning Lord Jesus Christ. And they went out and did it. And they changed the world forever. And we are witnesses to that. How thankful we should be for all those who have remained committed and connected with this congregation this past year who have had the courage to confront the ugliness of racism and police brutality that unfortunately continues to plague this nation. People like Star and Amelia, and Mark, and Carol, and Trish, and Kate, and Debbie, and I apologize if there are others that I have forgotten your name, who have remained committed to this important work. Thank you for paving the way for the rest of this congregation. For those of you who haven't been connected with yet, that's okay. Receive this invitation one more time. After the congregational meeting is over, ask the people that I just mentioned questions about the group. And then when that next meeting comes on that second Thursday at seven o'clock, show up and listen and learn. If you are not a part of the congregation, Look for your own opportunities within your own, in your own congregations or your own communities and neighborhoods so that you can make a positive impact as well. In the coming weeks, when we have Carol's announcements, the Truth and Reconciliation Group is just going to provide one article, one thing, and I would invite you to click on whatever it is to spend a couple minutes and either read it or watch it with an open mind. Take advantage of this unique opportunity and time that Christ is offering to each and every one of us and make the choice to be a part of the change that God is already doing and that this country so desperately needs.
Amen.